0: This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit Blackbee.org.
1: Well, welcome everyone to the Richard Blackabee Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host and help taking our leadership to the next level. We have Dr. Richard Blackbee. I'm
0: here for you, Sam. We appreciate that, Richard. <laughs>
1: the constant in all of our lives is is Richard uh, always pushing us to be better leaders than we were yesterday. There's lots of work still to be done. Yeah, and speaking of work to be done, um, you know, uh, the Sabers didn't clinch the title. One
0: point away from um, who knows they, bro. but it's going to be a great year next year.
1: Yeah, I know. And uh, if there's ever been a team that epitomizes potential, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. I think it's been the Buffalo Sabers. So as you, you know, I know you anxiously watch the. The draft picks and all that yeah. that that takes place Which is coming up soon here. yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I, I have no idea, but i I'll take your word for it yeah. um, but in in those draft picks, and, and when you see new uh, new players come on a team that just, you know they're rock stars or they have the potential to be rock stars, there's lots of buzz about them. You know, everybody's talking about this guy from whatever you know farm league that's just like he's the one you know and he's going to take us to all the way this year um uh, some of those do go on to be you know the the greats of history but not all of them do yeah yeah and so what 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 are some things maybe that that prevent Great leaders from from reaching that greatness.
0: Well, uh, Sam, you know it is interesting, and there is uh, the the draft is coming up for hockey, and I think for basketball as well. As soon as the playoffs are over, uh, a couple of weeks later, uh, they kind of put put the season to rest, and it's looking forward. And one of the first things you do then is you draft your young players of the future, and and it's quite an interesting process because. Um, Especially in hockey, I think you have to be 18 or or so before you can you're eligible to be drafted, Um, and it's rare for an 18, 19 year old to make it straight into the NHL. You're almost it just because it's a physical game, you can get really pounded and you know beaten up. uh, It takes sometimes a couple years to get ready, and so. So when you're drafting these players, you know that they're going to have to put on 20 pounds of muscle just to make it in. Yeah. Um and you know that they're with good uh, NHL kind of coaches, they're going to learn to skate faster and shoot harder and be more accurate and so on. And so you're you're looking at each person and you're trying to say uh what is their potential? Like it, it, and there's some things you can kind of figure out yeah we'll put them in the weight room every day and we will we know we can probably put 20 pounds of muscle on them if they'll just do what we say yeah Uh, they'll probably be a little bit faster but of course there's but then there's all kinds of intangibles and uh yeah how how hard will they compete and how quick will they learn and how will they adapt and will they persevere when they get hurt or when they uh, have adversity and so on and so it's of course it's a huge gamble on these players you pick. Uh, it's it's not that, you know, it's funny because you'll see a player in the NHL that's like on the fourth line and is a checker and you know, he gets 2 or 3 goals a year. And you think how did he even get drafted? I mean, the guy only scores, you know, 5 or 6 goals a year. How do you ever make the NHL? But then you you look at their Junior hockey, and they were the leading scorer in their whole league, and you know they were scoring like crazy at at a lower level, but they they never were able to quite make the leap, and because it it wasn't like they didn't know they suddenly forgot how to score. It's just that they had to take it to another level. Yeah, conditions Uh, were much more. The the goalies are better now. The defensemen are better. You know everything's faster. Uh, and they just couldn't make that leap. And, and so we know that in sports. We, we know that in sports, of course, it's big money. And so they, they're always analyzing people and trying to figure out um, what, their, what their ceiling is of ability. But, you know, I, I think the same would also be true for leaders. Um, and if you look at a young uh, person in your company, or maybe it's a young seminary graduate, and you're looking for a pastor or someone on your church staff. Um, you you're looking at this person and you know that they can be better. You know that they haven't reached their capacity yet, and you're trying to estimate what what is their capacity. If they keep growing and learning, and they stay humble and teachable, um, what could you know? What kind of leader could they become? Could they one day become a VP in our company? Could they even be the CEO one day? Um, or are they going to Are they going to very quickly sort of reach their capacity and and just be a lower level, you know, middle manager or something? And uh, and what I've noticed is that uh, there are just a number of things in the life of a leader that will cause them to be to kind of come off the rails. And and a lot of young leaders starting out have a lot of passion, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of can do you know let me let me take this on i can do that i'm willing to volunteer uh and a lot then, of optimism yeah and then 10 years later they're they've sort of been cast aside and there's a bright new face that seems to have a lot more potential and uh or you know some people will stay around for uh their whole career in a particular business they might they might be a pastor till they're 65 years old but you look at their ministry and you think um you know that that person was was a, was a very talented person. I mean I, I, like I can think of some people that I knew when I was in seminary that I would have said were probably the most gifted students that I knew: smartest, uh, talented, uh, humorous, socially adept people that I knew. And if I just had to bet money on which seminary graduate's going to be a great pastor, I would have picked them. They had a lot more skill than I did. Uh, they knew a lot more than I did. Um, but, but they got tripped up along the way. And, and it doesn't mean that they ended up necessarily even out of the ministry, but uh, that, that steep growth trend that they were on at, at that time tapered off and they, they never did reach their potential. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of think about people like David uh, in the Bible. Uh, he had his moments that were defining moments for him. And so, for instance, when a crisis comes and there's this big galoot giant named Goliath who's terrorizing the whole army, uh, that's, that's David's moment to get on center stage and to, to leap past his brothers and the other young men uh, in the army, make a name for himself, and all of a sudden he's on this steep growth curve. But along the way, he's going to have some things happen in his life. Of course, uh, at one point, of course, he's going to uh, commit adultery. He's going to let sin get in his life. And his uh, growth as a, as a king, as a leader, is going to stall out. And he's going to suffer. He's going to be completely distracted for a year or two in his life uh, from really uh, accomplishing anything significant. And then, even years later, he's going to get a little bit lazy and prideful, and he's going to order a census to be taken, and uh, and it's going to cause God to to punish uh, the nation because of that. And all of a sudden, again, uh, because he kind of took his eye off the road, suddenly the nation is careening into a disaster, and he's going to lose a lot of ground. and And so that happens, I think, to all leaders if you're not careful. Uh, what you, you might have been making some great success and progress, and then suddenly uh, you get distracted. You take your eye off the ball, and um, and now all of a sudden you're free falling. Uh, you're not growing. Uh, you're actually losing ground. So, you know, what are some of those things that can do that to a leader? Uh, can cause them to uh, stall out in their their pro- personal and professional growth? And, and one I would just say is just they they just stop growing personally uh you know of course when you're a brand new leader uh you're reading books you're asking lots of questions you're meeting with the boss uh you might be going to seminars um you might uh, enlist a coach uh to uh walk alongside you and help you get better you're you're analyzing things you didn't do well and you're trying to figure out how do I learn from this how do I not make that mistake again uh, but it's hard for a lot of people to stay in that kind of growth posture continuously.
1: Well, I think we're inherently lazy. Yeah. Like I know our brains are inherently, uh, they want to do the, the easiest thing. And so once you figure out, well, okay, I can do this and that takes the least amount of effort. I mean, it's a survival mechanism yeah. to some extent. Right. So I think that's a, that's a real a real danger that it's you're always trying to figure out. Okay, well, once I get to know the company some, then I can kind of take coast your foot or, off the yeah.
0: pedal. And Well, I I've got this job now. When I was yeah when I was trying to get into management, when I was trying to become a sales rep for a region or something, when I wanted to hit that VP uh, position, I was really pushing and trying to do my best and be recognized and so on. But now I'm I'm there, and uh, I, I'm going to just enjoy the fruit of my labor now. Um, and so you stop growing. I, so a question I always ask people is, uh, what what book are you reading right now that is really stretching you, or what's a Have you been to a seminar lately, a conference? Uh, have you heard it, a presentation somewhere that really got your mind uh, racing? Uh, is, basically, where are you growing right now? Uh, what are you What are you doing that's making you have to keep thinking and uh, stretching? Or are you pretty well insulated from that now? And you're just basically you're operating off stuff you learned years ago. And you're not really you don't have a steady input of new things you're learning. And so that's always a sign that um, had they continued to, to keep growing at the same rate they were when they were in their 20s, and starting out, who knows where they would end up yeah. when they were 50. But uh, but they got a decent job at 30, and then they just started tapering off ever after. And they they, they lost that, that hungry edge to keep learning. Um, and the second thing is just distractions. And again, this is something that's so common with leaders, because the longer you lead, uh, the more people get to know you, the more opportunities you have, the more things you're uh, you're managing and, uh, and stewarding and, and more people that want your attention. And before you know it, that focus of being the best at what you do, uh, is being distracted. And I, you know, I always think about, um, things like, uh, like people like Lee Iacocca was, he kind of took the world by storm when he came into Chrysler years ago. And, Turn that around, and it was quite a success story in the business world for a while. But what people didn't notice at first was that when he became famous for his turnaround at Chrysler, he began to become a celebrity and he began being on all kinds of talk shows. And people even talked about him uh, maybe running for president. And he was so busy every night, he was on some talk show, some celebrity gathering. Uh, and gala event that he neglected to take care of the farm and chrysler ended up going through financial disaster later on uh it wasn't like he he stopped learning how to lead car companies but he was just not giving his attention where he needed to and uh and you see this all the time and sometimes it's just because they've taken on too much you know you sort of think about uh, uh even uh leon musk now like uh you know he when he was doing tesla and it was doing well but then he buys twitter and he's sort of yeah. swept up into a whole another controversy and, yeah
1: what what is his capacity to be the ceo of how many companies <laughs> yeah and to be a hands-on sort of person but which i guess in his defense he did i
0: think hire a ceo for twitter so yeah we'll see so we'll We'll see see how that works but uh but and i think he may be good enough at business just to realize i've i've got a focus here i might i've got a company that's drifting a little bit because i'm i'm too distracted and so uh you see that a lot you see guys who have a huge capacity but they're too distracted they're they're scattered and focus is just such a key part of growing as a leader it's saying what is it that i what are the most important things that i do well and how do i keep working on doing that better and better each year Uh, and not now trying to do a dozen things uh half-heartedly and so a third one i've also seen a lot of times is just personal issues uh they they're a star in the workforce. They're the the rising uh, uh, champion uh, for sales or for problem solving in the company. But then they have along the way, perhaps they've neglected their family or their marriage because they're climbing the corporate ladder, and that that can come slamming back upon you. And all of a sudden, you're going through a nasty divorce, or your your child is uh, addicted to drugs, and. Uh, or in rebellion, and uh, your your own personal life perhaps has just been neglected in some ways. maybe you've neglected your your health, uh, maybe you put on a lot of weight and maybe now you've got high blood pressure and you're fatigued and uh, and because you neglected some things in your personal life, it's coming back with a vengeance now and I'll just tell you it's when you 've got a lot of personal issues uh if if your marriage is Struggling if you're if you're having a fight with your spouse every morning before you go to work, um, it's going to be really hard to to be at your best mm-hmm. uh, when you get to the office. And yeah. if you're worried and concerned about what your your child is doing and uh, what trouble they're getting into, it's really hard to be creative and problem solving at work. Uh, you're you're always going to be distracted, not focused like you should be. And so I've seen that happen with people that they started off well. And a lot of times when you're younger, you don't maybe have kids yet, or you're not married yet. And you're, you're a little more focused. You're, you got a younger body that's healthier than, it but 10, 15 years down the road. Um, now you've got some things that have been neglected that are crying out for your attention. And, and I've seen some really good people that were excellent at, uh, at their work, but their personal life derailed them. And of Mm -hmm. course, certainly people in ministry have been that way. Uh, Great preachers, great Bible teachers, uh, but ultimately had to leave the ministry because of their personal life that uh, went unmanaged for too long. Uh, A fourth thing would just be uh, people skills. Um, It's not that you aren't really smart. It's not that you don't have a great sense of business. But but sometimes our people skills set a ceiling on how far we can go in management. I I know people that you might say, well, this person is fine being in charge on the shop floor, but I would never want them. They don't have the people skills to move in to be head of sales or to even to manage at a high level um, because they've never learned how, you know, they still rub people the wrong way. And at this level of management, that's not, you know, life or death, but but when you get up to executive management, you're going to have to have more skill with difficult people, and you, you can't burn bridges, and you can't turn people off, and you you can't make um, careless statements on social media that come back to bite you and the company. And And so uh, oftentimes, because they never grew in their, their people skills, they might be really good at engineering skills um, and some other technical skills, but... Because they didn't grow in their people skills, they finally hit a limit. And their people, their their technical skills, they could have gone a lot farther. But, but they're as a leader, they're never going to go as far as they could have because of of the people issue. Um, the fourth one or fifth one would just be pride. Uh, the longer you're a leader, the more pride that um, can creep into your life. Uh, and you can change your focus at first you're it's about the company it's trying to make the company better it's about the church making the church better but in time pride begins to say well it's about you it's yeah. about your position it's You've about this. yeah you deserve this perk you deserve this promotion uh, you, deserve, uh, this time off. Uh, you deserve this time off you deserve this these accolades um, uh, and the moment that you get swept up into that vortex, uh, you're going to stop growing personally. And now it's, uh, you don't feel that same hunger, uh, to be better at what you do. Now it's, it's time to reap the rewards of what I've done already. Uh, and pride causes you not to listen. Uh, pride blinds you so that, uh, if you had your eyes open, you'd realize, well, I'm not the all-star salesman I used to be. I'm not Selling nearly as much product as I once did. I'm our company is not making the profits it used to. Our church is not growing like it used to. Uh, but pride will blind you to that and tell you it's not your fault. It's not. It's not a, an issue with your leadership. It's it's your the people under you that aren't doing their job. Uh, it's the the economy is is just in a downturn right now. Um, and pride will cry out to you. It's not. It's not your fault. Uh, Just you you shouldn't have to change. You shouldn't have to grow. It's everybody else that's letting you down. And so, um, so again, uh, and pride. You you can have pride when you start out in your career, but you'll you you hardly will get in the door with that. But uh, but you you stay. Oftentimes, we'll stay kind of humble when we're starting out when we're climbing the ladder. But but once we have a leadership role. Uh, if we're not careful, that pride can cause us to think, "Well, I don't need to keep asking for advice. I'm, I don't need help now. I don't want people to think I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so I'm going to just wing it, instead of getting a coach, instead of having a friend go for coffee and bend their ear about things I'm facing right now." And so we we stop growing. We, we're, it's 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 fine to try to grow when you're the new hire. No, it's not embarrassing to have to ask for help then, but. Now that you're in middle management, if you keep asking for help and advice, people are going to wonder: Do you know what you're doing? Should you be there? So,
1: well, it's a dangerous thing when you've like come to a place of leadership and feel like you've you've arrived. And yeah, you know, it. it I think if you think of that position in leadership as the destination, then I think that is how you begin to have that wrong mentality that you've. I mean, you are the boss. So what you know? Yeah, you're here. What do you need to learn rather than always having that posture of of growth and learning and being a a forever student. Well, let's take a quick break here, and and when we come back, we will uh, wrap
0: up. I'm very excited about the online class that BMI is offering, When God Speaks. This is the first book I ever wrote with my father and perhaps one of the most important issues you'll ever address. How do you know when God is speaking to you? God speaks in many different ways. Uh, and God always has something life-changing, something crucial that he wants to communicate with you. You can't afford to miss what God has to say to you. Sometimes he may speak out loud, but often he speaks in numerous other ways as well. And you need to be alert to the numerous ways God may be wanting to communicate his will with you. This is a six week course in which we'll look at all the major issues related to God speaking to his people. It's full of videos and studies that you can do, um, and I know it will bless your life as you look very carefully at the various ways God may be wanting to communicate with you in these very important days in which we live today.
1: Well, Richard, there's obviously lots that can uh, trip up leaders and uh, uh, keep leaders from, from reaching their full potential. Um, I, in the last few minutes here, um, I know you've got a few more uh, areas that that leaders should be on the lookout for, if they if they don't want to um, end up uh, in in the dust bin of uh, leadership history. Yeah,
0: or just just plateaued. There's just yeah. so many plateaued uh, organizations these days. Plateaued churches. Plateaued companies. Uh, not they're, they're not necessarily in danger of shutting down tomorrow, but they're not, you think about church plants and the excitement as they kick off and all the energy and the vision. And then you come back five years later and they aren't growing. They're kind of stuck at the same size. Uh, all the, the, the excitement of newness is gone now. And they're just kind of cranking out the same kind of ministry week in and week out. And when you see that, you realize uh, any time an organization has started to flatline, more than likely the leader has flatlined as well. And yeah. uh, they stopped growing, so the organization stopped growing. So we've we've looked at several things that caused leaders to do that. There's a, a few more. A sixth one would just be uh, a, a failure to keep up with technology. And of course, that is a tough one because technology is changing so rapidly that no matter what it is, you're if you're talking about uh, accounting software, uh, development software, uh, organizational software, there's, there's so many different kinds of technology these days. All the there's just no way you could keep up with every social media outlet if you're just trying to get the word out on social media about. Your company or something, yeah. Um, I you know I think I remember back in when COVID was ravaging things and people couldn't go to church wherever. Uh, the the live streaming, uh, it was kind of comical at first. Uh, a lot of churches that were so far behind on the technology curve that it, they just yeah. had someone sitting on the front row with an iPhone trying to not be too wobbly uh, while the, trying to record the pastor preaching. Uh, but then you you watched and realized there were others who were really on top of that, and it was very professional sound and, and sight and so on. Um, and you can't, there's just no way, unless you're, you can hire a lot, of, even if you hire a lot of people, you're still not going to, be able to have every aspect of your organization at the very edge of technology all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you there's some leaps here and there you do need to make because it's just becoming so common uh, and people just are expecting a certain level anymore. And, uh, and I, I, I see some leaders that, and I, I know every decade that you enter, it's harder to stay as current as the younger guys. Um,
1: Well, it's just harder to change. I think, you know, you, you've, you've been preparing sermons in this way for 40 years. Like, yeah, you don't see a need to change how you do that. And, you know, certain things you, you may not need to change, but that's hard. I mean, it's, you know, even, even for me, it's like, you know, if you do something a certain way, uh, long enough, it's, again, it goes back to that inherent laziness that we, we don't like it. We don't have to think about how we operate right. in this technology. And to you, change and, that, and is you, like, that's a lot, yeah, a lot of work. Yeah, you have to
0: overhaul things every year with some new updated system, it's going to be very time-consuming. So you have to really make those calls uh, and say, but I, I haven't updated this area for 10 years. I think it's probably due now. And where is a time where I could switch to a better system uh, that will save me time, will present what I do more professionally. Uh, will keep track of my customers or clients more effectively. Um, and you, you see, and you see entire organizations that are just getting dusty Their Things are, and of course I drop into lots of places uh, to speak and just even watching the sound, uh, equipment in churches and places, uh, or some of the the, the tools that they use to help uh, a pastor speak, the stuff on the stage, uh, you can see the difference in how some people are using technology and some are not. And so, and I, I found, of course, one of the things that helps with that is just hire young people to work with you. That's a lot of the, I count on you for a lot of the technology at BMI. Uh, and so sometimes that's what you do is you. you it, it's going to over. It would overwhelm me if I was trying to keep up with all the technology out there. But hire someone that is good at that and keeps up with that, and will will let you know when it's time to upgrade. And you, you'll do that periodically. You'll show up to my office with some new technology and say it's time we upgraded this or it's time we we put this to, to rest here and we did this a new way. And, yeah. Um, and a seventh thing is just a loss of vision. Uh, and I've seen leaders like this when they started out in their job. I mean, I've seen some of the impassioned speeches they gave as a new pastor, as a new CEO. And, uh, there's a lot of raw, raw and vision of where we're going to go and how we're going to, uh, change the world. And, uh, and it can be hard sometimes to keep that vision in front of you, especially when you start to hit the hard reality of day in and day out, uh, challenges, um, to keep that enthusiasm and sometimes it can seem like that vision is not very realistic compared to where you are today. And, um, but I've, but when you lose your vision, you start losing, uh, the passion to get up every morning and keep growing. Uh, if it, if it's starting to seem like you're never going to get your organization to where you said you were, why get up early? Why spend time on the plane reading another book? Uh, why go to that expensive conference? Uh, let's just save our money and our time and and not grow. Uh, and, and so that's, that's always a telltale sign of a leader that's kind of settling in just to being the same leader uh, going forward is when they lose their vision of where they're going. And, uh, an eighth thing that can get people in trouble is early success. We've talked about this before as well. If you you're, it's almost a curse sometimes for a leader to have early success because you immediately think you know what you're doing. Yeah. You start to think I don't need to keep learning and I don't need to keep asking for advice of others. I don't need a coach because I knocked. I've gotten a couple of home runs here early on in my career. and Now everybody wants me to be at bat all the time. Uh, But I haven't been working on my swing. I haven't been working on my upper body strength. I haven't, you know, not doing a lot of things that would help me still be a better hitter. Uh, I got kind of lucky and made contact early on a couple times. And so I I figure I don't need to keep growing. Uh, And so if you're one that has had some early success, ask yourself. And when people do that, you often find that they end up living in the past. They're living on the glory years of when they hit a home run five years ago. yeah, but it's been five years since they had a home run now. And uh, at a certain point, it's like, okay, what have you done lately? Um, are you still experiencing success? Uh, and for that, you may need to keep growing because uh, and you see this a lot even in sports, uh, like uh, in hockey, you get a buffalo had a a breakout year with uh, one of their forwards who was scoring a ton of goals. Well, eventually the other teams figure you out. They figure out, hey, don't let him stay uh, open in that spot on the ice because he'll kill us with a slap shot. So let's make sure we always have someone in front of that guy. Make sure that there's always someone not letting him get a shot away. And so all of a sudden what was kind of easy for a while isn't so easy anymore. Now they always know. And you you watch whole defenses will shift their defense just to block out a a player they know is having a lot of success. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to keep scoring consistently day in and day out because the teams are going to figure out how you do it and they'll figure out a way to stop you. And so I think as leaders, uh, it's not always going to be easy. And so um, keep growing, keep learning. Uh, And just a couple last ones to mention – Greed can be another one. Uh, And I've seen this a lot with leaders because with leaders, as you have success, you also can have financial uh, success as well. You have other opportunities to do things, to speak uh, and be paid money for that or write a book. And if you're not careful, instead of having a passion to grow your organization you begin to have a passion just to accumulate wealth and material things. And, and uh, you've seen this often where people take this to an extreme and they begin to embezzle from their church or their company, or they, they cut corners and these guys are making lots of money already and mm-hmm. they're, they're getting paid a great salary. Uh, but it becomes their greed becomes insatiable and it's, they, they want more and they want more. And here are people that are multimillionaires that are, um, cheating and breaking the law and getting themselves into legal trouble because they got caught up in the trappings of leadership and they forgot about just leading well. And maybe two last things uh, to say, One, a tenth one would just be they neglect their walk with God. And I can promise you that if you're mistreating your people, if you're getting into dangerous ethical uh, waters, if, if you're Every day meeting with God, he'll let you know. If he knows that you're, you've got a marriage that needs work, you've got a child that needs your attention, uh, if, you're, if you're being filled with pride and you're beginning to strut around the office uh, arrogantly, I'll tell you what, you go meet with God, he'll, he'll set you straight in a hurry. He'll mm-hmm. convict you of that. Uh, but if you're not meeting with God regularly, if you're not listening to him, if you have maybe a hurried, a quick reading through a devotional book and then you're on your way, and you never give God the time to speak to you, to convict you. You, and I, I know a lot of guys that they've got this nagging sense of guilt. Uh, the The Spirit of God's trying to convict them, but they they try to run fast enough that they they can't get in the crosshairs of uh, of the Holy Spirit trying to slow them down and say, "Look, you got to address this." Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so sometimes uh, you can tell when when people were starting out when they really desperately wanted that job boy they were praying they were in church they were going to their church prayer meetings they were they had prayer partners walking with them but but now that they've got that uh position they they're making lots of money uh they've got lots of responsibility then all of a sudden they don't have time for God anymore and uh and you know they're in trouble and you know that they're in, they're probably not going to keep growing when they don't have time for God anymore. And they're, they're going to have a hard time seeing reality and seeing their, their own need to keep growing. Uh, because you can't meet with God regularly and not be humble and not be in a posture of realizing you have a lot still to learn, but uh, ignore God and surround yourself with psychophants. And, uh, and all of a sudden you start to believe the press and you, you stop growing. And uh, the last one just kind of connected to that is just, they, they neglect to reflect. They, they quit evaluating. They, they don't, they're so busy, uh, juggling all the balls in the air, administering all the, responsibility they have as a leader that uh, that they don't take time to back away and just take a really hard look at themselves, at their business, at their leadership, at the results they're getting or they're not getting, uh, at the way they may have lost a lot of direct reports the last year or two. People are just quitting. They don't want to work with them anymore. You, this can kind of happen here and there, and you don't really pay a lot of attention to it. But then all of a sudden, if you if you pull back and you start to really reflect, you begin to notice. Yeah, you know, I've lost five high-potential, gifted, uh, young executives under me. Uh, and now that I think about it, they, they gave me different excuses. But the fact is, it just seems like talented people don't want to work with me anymore. What's happened to me? How am I treating these people? Uh, I used to be a magnet for talent. Now the talent's all heading off to other companies to work at. Uh, maybe I need to take some time, maybe get a coach and think through a lot of things. And ha- have I stalled out? Is there, is there uh, ways I could grow and uh, be more effective? Uh, and we've said this before. There's lots of people that, that will say to me and others, hey, I've been pastoring for 30 years. I know what I'm doing. But the fact is they haven't grown in years. They're pastoring the same way they were 20 years ago. And their church isn't growing anymore. And there's times where they need to just stop and reflect and say, when was the last time uh, I was dynamic when I was in the pulpit? When, when was the last time we saw the church just thriving and the altar calls filled with people responding? It's It's been a while. Um, I need to maybe take some time to really prayerfully think through how I got where I am and how God wants me to get out of here. And so this is just a, a common thing that happens to leaders. Uh, you'll fight this your whole career. There's there's a gravitational pull uh, to level you off, to slow you down, uh, to get you plateaued and just into a coasting position. And you're going to have to fight against it your whole life uh, to stay passionate, to stay visionary, to stay humble, to stay hungry. Um and I think this, it's such a shame that I think probably most of those of you listening to this podcast are high potential people, but most of us will never achieve our full potential because somewhere along our trajectory toward our potential, we're going to get sidetracked. Uh, we're going to become content. We're going to lose focus and uh, we'll end up drifting well below where God designed us to serve and to lead.